everyone, and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Pankless, and joining me, as always, is Michael Corbin. Hey, guys. Emmanuel, we're back. Only a one-week one week hiatus this week, so we're coming back to you more regularly. There's more news popping up every, every day, uh, but the big news, obviously, is that, once again, the refs are ruining the game. Yeah, <laughs> how they've managed to do it without games, who knows? But yeah, it's, um, it's a miracle. We're, we're a week out, and we have the referees taking the game to arbitration because they weren't informed about um, a change in the structure of the game, whereby we're going to have one ref from now on. So, what do you think, Corbs? Uh, yeah, as we discussed this last week, we were saying that this was a possibility. And then as, you know, as we were recording, it actually came out that, uh, the NRL will be going to one ref. Uh, I think one of the main reasons is, uh, cost less money to have one ref on the field. I, I can't believe that we've gotten all the way, all the way to this point. We're ready to kick off. We're a week out. And then the referees are like, no, we don't want a ref. Yeah. They should not it, be the it, one dictating whether dictating whether this game goes ahead or not. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And I, um, I think that this is part of the problem is that referees should be there to referee the game. But the problem has become that we, we know too much about the referees. The referees have too much authority. The referees should just be the, the part of the game that they come in and the end of the game, the captains both shake their hand and uh, both shake the ref's hand and then that's it. Um, to, to be at this point, I think it is just absurd and to talk about strikes and all, all this in the build-up. It, it just completely detracts away from the excitement of the fact that pretty much everything has fallen into place and broadcasters are... are on board for this season. We don't know about um, the future of the contract. The players are happy. Um, the, the broadcasters are happy. All the stakeholders are happy. The clubs have been informed. To be at this point, um, I, it's, it's just incredibly disappointing and incredibly frustrating. And I, I can't, I'm stunned. I'm stunned, really. Yeah. Uh, so what I know is that... Uh, on Tuesday, there was a meeting between uh, the NRL and the referees rank. That didn't go well. Uh, I think, I believe this morning there is an arbitration meeting. So hopefully there is some news today, some good news. But it seems like the referees just, I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. I can't explain how angry I am that this is what it's come to and for years and years, the referees have always been the, you know, oh, the referees are ruining the product of the game. The referees are doing this. The referees are doing that. And you're right. They get too much. They get way too much attention. And this is another, this is another case of that. It's frustrating. Um, I really hope everything gets resolved because if there's no rugby league, I, I'll go out there and referee if you want me to. Seriously. Like, <laughs> I just want to leave. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be fair. You'll be, you'll be balanced. <laughs> yeah. Just don't put me on the Friday night game. No, I know. And <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's very annoying to see, but um, like given the way everything else has come together, I have faith that the refs will be there next week. One per game and that'll be enough. Um, in better news this week that's come out in the last couple of days, Greg Inglis uh, making a career comeback 
going and playing the English Super League. I think I, I'm very happy for him. He was he retired from Souths as I think a a, a physically and emotionally battered person. Like he was in terms of his physical physical frame and structure, there is no he was not the player he was when Souths won the comp. He had niggling injuries. He had ongoing issues. His inability to get onto the field, um, I think, especially, especially uh, in 2017 when he did his ACL in round one, had a, had a, took a massive toll on him. I don't think at the time there was so much focus on on what impact an injury like that has to a player like Greg Inglis. Um, and so, when he retired, it was without a doubt in his best interest, as, as good as it was for Souths in terms of creating salary cap space. But I think from a personal point of view, it was the great thing at the time. I think going to England is a great thing for him. You, you know, like George Burgess over there as well. And you just, you don't have all the focus that you have here. He was heavily scrutinised, um, rightly criticised for his drink driving at the time. But at the same time, it's one of those, things where you're such a star and you you produce the clickbait and the content that the media can be quite relentless um and where i think he just won't have that scrutiny in england where the epl is just obviously the talking point he can go um play some great footy in a competition that's not as um intense physically or play it at a faster pace and you know if, if it goes well for him which which isn't if because you're not match fit and i don't know how his training has been but it could really be like a great way for for him to just sort of really finish his career. Yeah, uh, you see this a lot with players who, you know, you think retire early. Inglis uh, uh, obviously retired because, as you said, he was emotionally and physically just he was he was done. He could he couldn't give any more to the game. He thought uh, that injury really you know took it out of him, and yeah. I like that time off always helps because you're not doing anything. You're not through the gr- you're not going through that grind every day, and it gives you a bit of time to reflect. And he obviously had some sort of itch that he needed to scratch. Now, the reason he's gone to England, uh, obviously coming back to the NRL would raise a lot more questions in terms of you know why should South keep this salary cap exemption that they got, uh, all this extra money that they would have got from him not playing anymore. Uh, and I think I agree with you. England, the England competition, uh, the Super League, it's not as intense. You know, your body's not getting as bad. And I think going over there, he's going to absolutely shine. Uh, one thing I saw the other day is, you know, maybe maybe he does like a little Alfie Langer. And in 2021, Queenslander on a, uh, what, three-year three skid? Yeah. Debbie Walters gives him the call-up. He's back in origin. You know that could be could be a storyline that everyone loves, except for anyone who lives in New South Wales. Yeah, I I like it. I really I'm really happy to see him back in the game. He was exceptional uh, when he was playing, and yeah, I. It's it's one of those things where, and it comes back to what we've spoken about in this podcast before. It's the routine, and the, I think the need for the routine for players is so critical, and. It, I mean, Greg Inglis, is, he's not Cooper Cronk. He's not Billy Slater. He, he's, not, he, he, he's not the type of personality that, that wants or could really have the, the media 
um, he can't fall back on sort of media appearances as a sort of post-career option, um, unfortunately for him. Like, he would be a great ambassador um, for the NRL. But I think, um, I think while he still can, why not go and take this, take this opportunity, go play a bit in um, England, get back into a routine. And it, it, if, it, if it goes well for him, which I really, I really hope it does, um, then, you know, it's a great way to end his career, as we said. Um, and it sounds like a really good team um, over there too. So, um, yeah, yeah, best of luck to him. Could win another premiership, which would be incredible. Yeah, so he's going to Warrington. Um, every, I think that's the team that Gareth Wood has gone back to as well. There's a few NRL players over there. Uh, apparently, they're a very strong team. One of the favourites to win the comp, and this will only bolster their chances. So, yeah, good on him. Uh, happy to see him back in the game. Yeah, and Souths continue to be in the headlines in some shape or form. It's absolutely incredible how we've done this. But um, obviously, there's a there's some stuff going on with Cody Walker at the moment. Um, we don't know the details. We know it's under police investigation. It's it's not the ideal build-up, given... Um, the other players that have been mentioned, suddenly we've, we're running out of backs in a team that had uh, too many backs before the season started. But suddenly, I mean, Luttrell's um, obviously been the headlines. James Rhodes has been the headlines. Then Cody Walker now. Um, not the ideal prep, but um, Wayne has this great ability just to, to fire up the troops, um, keep the noise out. So hopefully he's doing that. Um, but we will wait and see. It's, it's, it's a when you're coming into a rivalry game against the Roosters, and you know it's the mental shots that are fired beforehand. The Roosters are just bubbling along, and Souths are in the headlines. So, and yeah. it's another build-up to a game with that problem. So, yeah, surprise, uh, surprise. I actually don't think Cody Walker will face any charges, but it is under investigation by the NRL Integrity Unit. For those who don't know, there's a video going around of Cody Walker uh, kicking someone. Uh, the, the incident happened, I think, last last December. So it's an old video, and he alerted the integrity unit back then and the NRL back then, and now he, he was being blackmailed, and he said, this is going to come out. And it, had, it did come out. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things going on that we're not sure about. He will likely miss some games, I think. I don't know how many. But yeah, Souths are looking to Souths are looking a bit. Uh, that that lineup's going to be a bit thin. Come round three, yeah. uh, James Roberts uh, is also a question mark to play because he hadn't been through that isolation period that all the other players had been going through. So they're saying that he might have to do a fourteen day quarantine once leaving rehab. So yeah, Souths could be a, a very thin squad come round yeah. three Which against is, the Roosters. In- and it's going to be tough. In my, in my opinion, having someone leave rehab and then go into quarantine for 14 days is not an ideal situation. Just in my opinion. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> like, well, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, now I'm thinking if Cody Walker doesn't play, does Latrell play 5-8? What, Alex Johnson at fullback? Yeah. Yeah, these are, these are things that we're going to find out sooner or, sooner or later. I don't, can't remember if you guys have any uh, backup halfbacks or you've lost Connor Tracy who filled in for that position last year a bit. Um, I don't know. This, yeah, obviously, obviously like, we're trying I'm thinking to... maybe, 
So maybe someone like Bryson Goodwin in the centres who we yeah. have. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out more by this time next week in our podcast. But yeah. anyway, um, the draw has officially been released. We have all the rounds now available, um, but we only have venues for the first nine games. Uh, for the first, sorry, for the first six rounds up until round eight, round nine. Um, but I didn't actually realise until they made this announcement the other day. So they've announced the grounds. So you've got Bankwest, you've got Campbelltown, you've got um, you've got Amy Park, you've got Suncorp. I've got the list here. So at Bankwest, you have the teams going to be playing out of Bankwest. There's six stadiums. So the teams playing out of Bankwest, you're going to have the, uh, the Bunnies, Roosters, Bulldogs, Sharks, and Parramatta. Out of Campbelltown, you're going to have St. George, the Tigers, Panthers, and Raiders. Out of Central Coast Stadium, you're going to have the Warriors, the Knights, and Manly Sea Eagles. Out of Suncourt Stadium, you're going to have the Broncos and the Titans. Out of QCB Stadium, which is a new stadium up in North Queensland, you're going to have the Cowboys and Melbourne are going to stay at Amy Park. So there's six stadiums. And yeah, uh, I, I don't understand the reasoning behind these, why these six stadiums were chosen, why we're not playing just at normal home grounds. I guess it, it, it reduces costs if you're going just one stadium over and over again. But yeah, uh, that's where games are going to be played. Uh, I'm kind of happy that the Roosters are playing at a Bankwest Stadium. Uh, it's a very nice stadium. So, yeah, brand new facility should be good. Yeah, I think the um, the mentality that the NRL took is this is the only sport that's going to be projected all over the world. We want the stadiums to look good. Um, obviously, why Bankwest was in there, Suncorp was in there, the new stadium in um, Townsville was up there, and um, Amy Park was there. Central Coast also stunning. Campbelltown's a surprise, but I think. Makes sense, reasonable sized, um, easy for Canberra, easy enough for Canberra to get there. Um, and it, it just it, logistically, it just doesn't make sense to play games at ANZ, I don't think. It's too big. Um, it's probably too expensive. Um, and I'm glad that the SCG is not being used, um, despite the Roosters' push to play a couple of games there. Um, but I, I actually didn't realise until the draw came out that all the games weren't going to be in Sydney. I thought that this whole thing about having these... Like, when did we go from having the bubble and everything and suddenly we're playing... it? Then I thought we're playing at stadiums across Sydney and now we've got um, Suncorp is being used and North Queensland is being used and Melbourne is being used. I never, I didn't realise this. I think it came down to players not wanting to, you know, be so far apart from their family because you can't keep on going back and forth uh, every yeah. day. Uh, what teams are doing is they're actually chartering flights. So say you're the Broncos and you have to play down in Sydney every week, you're chartering a flight, uh, two flights every day, every every week down to Sydney. The, pro- the cost gets yeah. too much because they don't want to leave their families. So this is why teams are still going to have some sort of home field, even though there's not going to be crowds. And yeah, it, it brings a level of comfort to players as well. Obviously, living, at a, living away from home is difficult. So this keeps most teams... Uh, I think the teams that are going to be most affected, obviously the Warriors. Canberra is going to have to make a three-hour journey every week, probably, unless they're coming up and staying here, which I don't think they're going to do. But yeah, I think that's the reason. And yeah, teams are now chartering flights instead of catching commercial flights. 
up to uh, or go to wherever they need to play. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the draw has been rejigged. So noting that um, our preseason prediction was that Parramatta will be up there. It's interesting to note that Para have a, a very easy run. Um, and the Roosters and Melbourne now have um, much tougher draws. Um, they play each other twice. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're the best team in the comp, you're going to beat whoever you play. So you just take it all with a grain of salt. I think given what we've spoken about in the last few weeks, there's no crowds. Um, there's no crowds. There's no home crowd advantage. Momentum is crucial. There's less games in the season. I don't know how much a draw matters. Like you're you're playing a Brisbane or a Melbourne in an empty stadium. I don't think it's as intimate. I don't think it's as intimidating. Um, you're there to play footy at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm not sure how much this so-called tough draw thing makes a difference because everyone's had a really tough draw as it is. We've had to stop for eight weeks. Things have happened. Um, you know, does it matter so much? I don't think so. No, look. Obviously, there's teams that you want to play twice and there's teams that you don't want to play twice. Melbourne's a, Melbourne's a great team. Uh, if you can avoid playing them twice in a 20-round you know, competition, you want to. You know, There's only going to be four teams that you've got, five teams that you're going to verse twice. You want them to be the lower-level teams. You know, Your Titans, your Warriors, the teams that are going to be you know, easy run, runs in the park. But whatever, as you said, the Roosters are a good team. If they want to be the best team, they need to beat the they need to beat the other good teams. So, yeah, go out there, prove yourself. Yeah, and no one no one really ever thinks that the these like X, Y, or Z team won the competition because they had the easy draw. No, when it comes I mean, down things, to finals, things, yeah, when it comes down to finals, I mean, no one can say that you know the Roosters weren't the best team last year or the year before or. It wasn't Melbourne in 2017 or Cronulla had it. No one remembers that they played the Gold Coast twice. You remember yeah. the team that won. The best team wins. Yeah. When it gets to the finals, you you have to win three games. It's normally three games against three really tough opponents. You know, last year, the Roosters had to beat Souths, Melbourne and Canberra. They were probably the, the next three best teams in the competition. So, you know. Once it gets yeah. to fight, once if you get to finals, if you want to win, you have to beat the best teams, and that's what people remember. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Emmanuel. We did. We didn't really want to go too much into rugby league chat this week because next week we are going to do a finally a round three preview. We're going to go through, you know, all the lineups, our tips, what we what we're looking for, and everything like that. And yeah, so. This is just a little preview for next week. We know, we heard a bit more news. Hopefully, the refereeing decision, uh, the refereeing, uh, the refs are back on board and willing to referee the games. And yeah, hopefully, there's a some better news next week. Yeah, it's the most highly anticipated round three preview in the history of NRL competitions. Of, it's of any, of nine any weeks in the making. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nine weeks in the making, and yeah, I mean, I'm I, I can't believe that the date is actually here when it was first flagged because originally it was going to be the twenty first, which is today. But when it was first flagged, it's like, how the hell are they going to get the sport back on the field? But I mean, it looks like all systems go. Um, the, the the articles are starting to talk about footy. Um, the build up is happening now, so it's good. Once we get footy on the field, all the other stories seem to disappear. So. 
um, which is great. So this time next week, we'll preview round three. We'll give our tips. Um, we might even play the theme songs of Souths and the Roosters. All right, guys. Maybe. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And, yeah, we will see you. We will definitely see you next week for a round three preview. Uh, thank you. And one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thank you. Stay healthy.